0: Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast fantasy show. I'm your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Burtzall. And when we're recording, we are exactly a week away from the
1: Houston Texans against the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, it is currently not 825. It is currently 1233. So technically speaking, we are still about a week and seven hours away from when the season would kick off? Well, if you want to be really specific about it, then yes, we are. Oh, I am being very specific. I am being very technical. Um first of all, Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. That's how are good. you? I'm great. So I've moved on from my mariachi band sadness. And I found something else to fixate on for the better part of the next month. And that is Right now, Saturn is currently in retrograde. In a month's time, Mercury is going to be in retrograde. And I am very excited because I love Mercury. Mercury is a great planet.
0: I'm surprised that you picked Mercury. I love Mercury. Your favorite planet. Absolutely love Mercury. It's just such a – I mean, it's interesting because it's it's the first planet from the sun – its days are a day on Mercury is like unbelie is like like 50 years in Earth time or something along those lines. And then, also during the day, it is it's so hot that you'll disintegrate. And then during the night, you'll freeze to death. So I don't know.
1: See, I don't look at it that way, Adam. I don't look at it that way. I see, Mercury is a very vital part of our solar system. It is. And. In case anybody's wondering when Mercury does go into retrograde, it is October 14th to November 3rd. So I am putting on a bold prediction right now. And I'm going to say that when Mercury is in retrograde, we are going to put out some of the best podcasts we have ever put out in celebration of the wonderful planet known as Mercury finally being in retrograde. I think, personally, I would love that, frankly. But
0: I think that it will just because we're so good at our jobs and not just because of a planet thousands or millions of miles away
1: is uh, in retrograde motion. See, Adam, you're missing this. You're missing this. We are very good at our jobs. We are, in fact, radio professionals. But Mercury going into retrograde is going to make us even better. At our- Feels like you're trying to explain religion to an atheist. Maybe Mercury being in retrograde will turn into some sort of religion. It's called astrology. It's not a see, religion. See, but see, Adam, I've fallen back because with the mariachi bands, I was relying on someone else for my own happiness. And I realized you couldn't pull through for me. So I I see where we are as as a duo. But with Mercury, I know Mercury won't let me down. And I know October 14th, Mercury will be in retrograde. And the world will be okay. Yeah. Well, of course Mercury won't let you down because it's science. Science is all bullshit, except for Mercury except for Mercury. Anyway,
0: we're not talking about this anymore.
1: I can't wait to see everybody on October 14th. I will make sure that we have a podcast scheduled for that day. Let's see. When is October 14th? What day of the week? It is is a Wednesday. Well, that's perfect. That's absolutely spectacular. Because then we could have a preview
0: for that Thursday's action.
1: Yes. And we could celebrate Mercury being in retrograde. And I'm pretty sure that Sturgill Simpson has a song that is called Mercury in Retrograde. So you can absolutely 100% confirm that that song is going to be the intro and outro for that episode. And I will put it in myself, so help me God. Yes, Sturgill Simpson does have a song titled Mercury in retrograde. Very exciting. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yep. All right. So not relying on you for mariachi bands anymore. Okay. Great. That's fine. It's totally fine. We've moved on. We we've moved on to things that you can't control. Yeah, like the fabric of time and space. Love the fabric of time and space. Galileo, great guy. Yep. Anywho. Can't wait to see everyone on October 14th. Mercury, retrograde, be there. So the news
0: and notes, a big story that happened over the time in between us recording on Tuesday and now is that Mr. Fournette, Leonard Fournette, has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is a very interesting signing. It has made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' backfield a bit more crowded. Bit more of a clusterfuck, I would say, just because you have Leonard Fournette now, you have Ronald Jones, you have uh, LaShawn McCoy, and you Keyshawn also have Vaughan. Keyshawn Vaughn, Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn, and Ogie, and Ogie. True. What so a that's guy. It's about five. What a guy! Running backs.
1: Great guy. That, can, Ogie.
0: that are all vying for touches and carries, and Bruce Arians. According to the one and only Adam Schefter, said that Ronald Jones is still going to be the number one guy going forward, which I find very hard to
1: believe. He may be the guy that gets the ball first to start the game, and then whatever happens after that, he misses a yeah. blitz pickup, and Bruce Arians just says, "Sit down, son. Here, here's a nice, here's a nice mixture of uh, Benjamin Moore T152. Go have some." Mr. Oh, R- Ronald Jones, would you like this clipboard? <laughs>
0: Here, son. Here's some paint. Look what
1: it's done Look. for me. Go ahead. You imagine,
0: this is a Monty Python Joseph. Does this rag smell like chloroform to you?
1: <laughs> God. Um, Adam, Adam, I think you could thank Saturn because Saturn is currently in retrograde. So you can thank Saturn for this latest development. All right. Well, I mean, I figured he was going to sign with, with a team. I'm just happy he didn't sign with new England who were. Uh, I would like, I out. would like you to thank police uh, to thank Saturn. Thank you, Saturn. Thank you. Um, I think this was kind of, I, I I don't know if I want to say this was best case scenario because I don't really know what best case scenario would have been for Leonard Fournette. Honestly, I thank God it wasn't the Steelers, because if it was the Steelers, James Conner would be, oh, God, that, that, that situation would just be a disaster. And then if it was the Chiefs or even the Eagles,
0: the that Chiefs probably would have
1: been best-case scenario. I think for any Fournette owner, yeah, the Chiefs would have been best-case scenario. I think for fantasy, though, for what we do, for our jobs, it would just be a fucking nightmare to yeah. even try – I'd say what people should do, especially the ones that already took Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the uh, first or second round. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is good for, for Leonard Fournette. I think Jared would have had a heart attack if you saw that uh, Fournette went to the Chiefs. <laughs> probably. Probably right. I mean, this is, this is good for, for Leonard Fournette. I don't think it maintains his ranking of where he was. You know, before, he was a top 15 guy for me. Now I have him as my RB-22. So he moved down a little bit. Ronald Jones, though, takes a big hit. He was inside my top 30. Now he's down to my RB-38. So I, I just want no part in Ronald Jones. I think the best way to approach this backfield right now is Leonard Fournette probably is going to be reached on if you're still drafting, if you're going to be drafting this weekend or if you're drafting early next week. Leonard Fournette is probably going to go earlier than he should. So I would be out on him immediately. What you then can do is if you want to hoard for trade value, you, sort of, you, you can. If you want to go out of your way to take Ronald Jones, like for, like for example, I'll, I'll give you a good example that happened just this morning. When the news you know, broke yesterday and everything you know, was sort of settling down, you know, I was saying to myself, you know, I need to get rid of one share of Ronald Jones. Like I, I was not keeping him. I was prepared to cut him if all else failed. So what I ended up doing was going to the Leonard Fournette owners in both of my leagues. One of them, of course, being Mr. Adam Castor himself. Correct. And I offered him a trade for Ronald Jones. And I offered him Ronald Jones for David Montgomery. And he's got enough running back depth where he could sort take of. on he could take on He could take on Ronald Jones, handcuff for Leonard Fournette or Leonard Fournette handcuff for Ronald Jones, you know, whatever, because I don't know how the hell this is going to go. I fully expect Leonard Fournette to be the starter come like second quarter of week one, honestly, with the way that Bruce Arians loves to treat Ronald Jones. But I I personally think that if you – there is value in Ronald Jones – only to the va- only to the owner of someone that has Leonard Fournette. If you're drafting this weekend or next week and you do go out of your way to get Leonard Fournette, you better get Ronald Jones. You better. Because that, that backfield is going to be a mess. And then there was also Bruce Arian saying that LaShawn McCoy is most likely going to be the third down back as well. So that gives him a little boost in. PPR? I mean, no, no doubt about it. I mean, do I see him being a 50-60 catch guy? Absolutely not. But if he's healthy, can he be a 30-40 catch guy and give you a, a low floor flex in deeper leagues? Sure. Sure. He can, definitely, he can definitely do that. So I think the way that I like the, the Tampa Bay running backs, I like Fournette the most. Ronald Jones takes a big, 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 big hit. And I like LeSean McCoy a little bit. Um, but unfortunately, this may be the end for uh, for Ogie, which is very, very upsetting because Ogie is uh, he's a great guy, great guy. Yes, exactly. Maybe and then maybe he'll go to New yeah. Orleans and he'll go reunite with his BFF Jameis Winston.
0: Yeah, well, I think the uh, it's, it's nice that you mentioned New Orleans because there was also some interesting running back news coming out of New Orleans. Yesterday. Jay, Adam, I wonder what that could be. I know. Shocking. Frankly, I'm like on the fence about calling this slanderous, this news that came out of New Orleans that said that uh, the Saints were open to training Alvin Kamara, which kind of set the, uh, the fantasy world alight for a couple hours. Cooler heads prevailed. Yeah, where the Saints where like Sean Payton... And Alvin Kamara, through his agent, was just like, what the hell is going on? We're like negotiating a contract. Because basically, you know, Alvin Kamara missed practice for, uh, I think, two or three days in a row because of the uh, contract situation. So I guess the uh, speculation was that the Saints were opening to trading him. But, I mean, you saw the people that are actually involved in that situation were saying, yeah, no, that's not. we're we're negotiating a contract right now. We're in the middle of negotiations. I don't know what the hell people are talking about here. And uh, Alvin Kamara returned to practice yesterday. So this is like, it's almost like a non-story now. But I think that a lot of alarm bells were going off in people's heads if that was actually
1: going to happen. I was debating whether I was going to tell the story or not, but I'm going to. So Adam Castor texted me are you kidding yesterday are you don't even don't even the, do this in the middle of the madness and so that alvin kamara was traded to the bears don't even don't even do this
0: because of uh, i of never moved news. so
1: fast in my life i was i grabbed my phone i grabbed whatever i was hopping on my computer i was like where the fuck is this? Where the fuck is this? I was checking Twitter on both my phone and my computer. I was like, "Where the hell is this?" And then I looked. I looked. I just Google Alvin Kamara, and then Adam came back with, "It was a phony account." I was like, "You son of a bitch! You scared the shit out of me." It
0: was a funny. It was a funny account.
1: I, always I was. Hate- I was getting ready to hop on this show. <laughs> To do a podcast about what the fuck do we do with Alvin Kamara. <laughs> He's a member of the Chicago Bears. I, that scared the living daylights out of me. I Literally scared the living daylights out of me. Um, yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara is going to be a member of the Saints. This is what my sources have been telling me for the better part of the last two, three days. When the news came out yesterday Wednesday or was it Tuesday the news came out Adam or was that yesterday I think it it was uh it was yesterday Wednesday okay yeah when when that all came out I was surprised I was surprised because why would the Saints trade Alvin Kamara that makes no I made no sense why would they even entertain it? it 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 literally made no sense to me at all and when Adam sent that that text my heart was, was lower than my ass at, at that point. And my, again, my sources have been right on this. They've said that Alvin Kamara is good. A contract is in the works and that it will get done eventually. But Alvin Kamara is going to remember the saints for this year, for next year and for beyond. So, um, there was no real concern. Anybody who was asking me about Alvin Kamara and they were drafting, whether it was uh, Wednesday night, whether it was maybe even Tuesday, when you know the situation was looking a little sticky, uh, I, I told them, I said, look, take Alvin Kamara. Take him. If he falls, wonderful. You're getting yourself a great value. And in one league that one of my friends was uh, drafting in last night, that I was uh, texting with him throughout. He got Alvin Kamara at seven, so there was there was hysteria that something was going to happen with Alvin Kamara. And I told him, I said, "Dude, nothing is going to happen with Kamara. He is the only thing that's happening with him is he will be signing a new contract within due course in New Orleans. Take him, just he like will Joe Mixon. right? He will be." Fine. This is Ezekiel Elliott part two. Mm-hmm. When Zeke held out, was in Cabo doing his thing, and what happened? He came back, signed a contract. Same exact situation. Only Alvin Kamara is not in Cabo. So, maybe it helps Alvin Kamara that he's not that he's not in Cabo because we also saw what Zeke looked like when he came back from Cabo. It looked like he had uh, one too many margaritas and saw one too many mariachi bands, for that matter. But Again, the basic summation of this if Alvin Kamara falls to you when you are sitting in the middle of a draft or even the back end of a draft, take him. Take him, take him, take him.
0: Imagine, imagine if you will, Alvin Kamara fell to like the second round. Let's you take like Devontae Adams and you get Alvin Kamara in the second round. Yeah, good luck, everybody else.
1: That'd be mayhem. Yes, that would be absolute mayhem. And I would also uh, say this as well with Alvin Kamara make sure you get Latavius Murray too, Mm -hmm. just in case something happens with Kamara, in case there's a snag in the talks or anything like that. But again, safety first when it comes to any top tier running back, get his handcuff. Not different with Kamara. He'll be fine. He'll be playing week one, but take Latavius Murray just in case.
0: Yep, definitely. Also, you know, if he gets injured as well. True. Yeah. So, like he was for him. the better part of last year. Right, exactly. Uh, also, uh, these next two bits of news and notes have to deal with receivers, and both of them involve the Patriots by association. Uh, this one. The first one is uh, Josh Gordon signing with the Seattle Seahawks once again. And this is an interesting uh, play here. Now the Seahawks, for their wide receiver core, they have uh, Tyra Lockett, DK Metcalf, and now Josh Gordon. Like, What do you think his role is going to be in Seattle?
1: Well, Josh Gordon still also has to wait for reinstation to the National Football League. So once – once he gets reinstated, then they will be worth having a conversation as to what Josh Gordon's role is. Um, I haven't moved Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf in my rankings as of yet. Um, I don't really expect that I'm going to, but I think a key comes in as a thir- as a third receiver, a situational kind of guy with obvious red zone appeal, but I don't think he's there to be the, Number one receiver and take over a role of Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. Like I, I just don't think that that is even close to being what the per- potential value of Josh Gordon is going to be. So uh, I think he's a guy that you take with somewhat moderate upside. I don't think his his ceiling though is you know wide receiver one or wide receiver two. I think that those days of Josh Gordon are gone. And there's also, there's also no assurance that he's going to stay clean. You know, obviously, we wish him the best in that endeavor, but he's done this multiple times. And there have been, I guess, for lack of a better word, relapses a couple times. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's hard from a fantasy perspective to go ahead and say that you absolutely can trust Josh Gordon to be there on a week-to-week basis, let alone produce. So it's a situation that I just want no part of in terms of Josh Gordon. Obviously, again, wishing him all the best and in, in good health, but for fantasy, he's just not a real option for me.
0: Yeah, and then speaking of players who are not really fantasy options, um, the other re- receiver move, I mean, this is not due, due to any, uh, any drug problems or anything like that, thank goodness. But uh, Mohamed Sanu was released by the Patriots. Mohamed Sanu, the same receiver that we didn't even know was on the Patriots until we recorded Tuesday's episode of the podcast. Uh, you want to hear his line for New England? Please. New England gave up a second-round pick for a receiver that got them 26 receptions, 207 yards, and one touchdown. That was his entire stay.
1: You know what we call that, Adam? A Shitty trade by Bill Belichick. Yes, yes. We call that a big yikes. Yeah.
0: A trade bust. A second round pick. That is a big, big,
1: big yikes. So, yeah, this, it's not, not ideal. No. No, it is not.
0: And then the last bit of news and notes before we go into our tight ends is Joshua Rosen. Definitely the black sheep of the 2018 quarterback class. Um, he now is the third string quarterback of the Miami Dolphins since uh, Tua Tagovailoa is healthy. And he is on the trading block, which I feel like he's been on the trade block like ever since Tua was drafted just because he is the odd man out in Miami.
1: He's been on the trade block since the end of his first season in Arizona. He got traded to Miami and I don't think he ever came off, honestly. Probably not, no. it's. I, kind of I, mean, feel, I mean, you feel yeah. bad for him.
0: I do, I was going to say. Definitely, I feel bad. You definitely
1: feel bad for him. I mean, he's just, he's looking for an opportunity and I think if you're looking at any potential places where that could really fit him, I look at the Steelers, I look at the Patriots, I look at the Colts, I look at any team that really has an aging starting quarterback that could use a backup that could potentially take over in the event of anything happened to the aging veteran, I think that would be a good place for him. Even something like Tennessee, that what Tennessee did in terms of trading for Ryan Tannehill and then him bouncing back to life, if something happens with Ryan Tannehill, God forbid, then you have Josh Rosen that could immediately step in and do, I would say, a pretty adequate job for uh, for Tennessee. But you're only bringing him in as, as a as a backup where if anything happens to your starter, he gets the opportunity. Right, exactly, definitely. Uh, yeah, so let's move on
0: to the main, main meat and potatoes of our show, and that is the tight ends. This is the last of our positional previews. And we're going all in. This is going to be a one episode, one episode, no two-parters. This is it. We're talking, we're once again using uh, Fantasy Pros, one of our favorite fantasy ranking websites. And we will be going through tiers one through five of tight ends. And that takes us from one to 35. And I'm not as mad or as kind of deflated about going through all these tight ends as I, as I was in previous years, because tight end is actually pretty deep in twenty twenty compared to uh, to previous years in the NFL and in fantasy football. So, I mean, wouldn't you agree
1: with that? I would agree. I think tight end this year is very, very, very deep.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, tier one. This is a a wonderful, wonderful tier. We have. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews and Zach Ertz. Easy tier for me.
1: All right, go for it. Easy tier for me. I mean I'm not going to say any of these guys is like a, a is a sleeper. I think the only sleeper here is like Mark Andrews. There's no real breakout here cuz we all know what these guys are fully capable of. I would say that I don't think Kelsey has any downside. Honestly, I I think, honest honest to God, Travis Kelsey may be the safest fantasy pick of all time. Like you know what you are getting every single year from Travis Kelsey. He's gonna finish top three. He's gonna get you if you're translating it to wide receiver numbers, he's gonna get you high end wide receiver two numbers at your tight end spot. He's gonna give you a positional advantage over literally everybody else, and he's a guy you're not taking out of your lineup unless he has, he's on a bye or he's hurt, then you have George Kittle. Much of the same situation as Travis Kelsey. He is just so consistent. Jimmy Garoppolo absolutely loves him. He's the number one guy in San Francisco. They, they, they literally have nobody else. Yeah. That's what I think also needs to be said is in the passing game, they have nobody else. Marquise Goodwin, gone. Brandon Ayuk, we don't know what his status is going to be for week one. He's dealing with a hamstring injury right now. Debo Samuel, same, same De- thing. Debo Samuel could be out weeks. So yes. who the hell is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be throwing the football to? Who the hell is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be throwing the football to? I had to look very quickly and see right now who the active receivers are are for the San Francisco 49ers. Because honest to God, I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. Oh, okay. One I could tell you. One I could tell you. Kendrick Bourne right now is the number one receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, pending Brandon Ayuk is not healthy. Oh, my God. Then it's Trent Taylor. And then, little did I know, he was still in the 49ers. An old friend Dante Pettis. Really? Yes. Dante Pettis. No way. Dante Pettis. Little did I know that he was still on the 49ers. But going back to George Kittle, he's the number one guy, clearly. And at the end of the day, if you get the opportunity to take him and there's nobody else that you like, you did take him again. And he's the only guy that really does have a uh, – that you have a potential matchup when it comes to Travis Kelsey, because you have, you have George Kittle. you know yep. he, he could be that guy that can go toe-for-toe, tit-for-tat with uh, Travis Kelsey. Now, these are the two guys that I'm definitely interested in talking about, Adam, because Mark Andrews is interesting for me because a lot of people are very down on him, and I don't really understand why. Lamar Jackson loves him. There are... 39 targets available with Hayden Hurst now no longer being there. You take his targets from last year. You add 39 more targets. Those two numbers, which I don't have on the top of my head. Those two numbers are higher than the amount of targets that Travis Kelsey got last year, which is ridiculous. So you're, you could be talking about Mark Andrews, Finishing his number one tight end. If if that kind of production happens with John Harbaugh already saying that Mark Andrews is going to be playing more snaps than he did last year. There are more snaps available now that Hayden Hurst is no longer there. It's Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle, I believe. And that's it. That's it. So I think Mark Andrews is just, he's really, really, really safe. And as for Zach Ertz, the only question that I have with Zach Ertz, number one, it comes down to the health of his quarterback. What's the situation with Carson Wentz if he's healthy week in, week out, then he'll be then Zach Ertz will be absolutely fine. Number two, Dallas Goddard is obviously a little bit of a problem. But number three, and probably the biggest one of all, have teams figured it out. Have teams figured out that Zach Ertz is Route One for the Eagles offense, that he's the guy. I don't think that there's really a matchup where you could just say, you know, you feel comfortable putting a guy on Zach Ertz and that being that just because he's ridiculous. He's absolutely absolutely ridiculous. So I don't think there's a bust in, in this group of tight ends. I will say if there's one that concerns me more than the other, it's probably Mark Andrews just because it was only, it's a very small sample size. We've only seen one year of Mark Andrews being the top dog. But that's probably it for me. I think all these guys are just are so ridiculously safe. And then we get to the next tier, and that's when st- things start to get a little dicey.
0: Yeah, I think the only time you could say somebody somebody in this tier is a bust, it's only it's it's all relative. Where yeah, exactly? Like what's a like what do you even consider a bust for for somebody in this tier going down to tier 2, going down to tier 3?
1: Injury, probably, is yeah. the only thing that could derail anybody in, in in the first tier, at least.
0: Yeah, well, the second tier, injury could be a very big issue for a couple of these players going, yeah. into, uh, going into 2020. Yeah, this
1: is the Red Cross tier.
0: All right, tier two, and this is five through nine. We have Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, friend of the podcast, Tyler Higby, and the aforementioned Hayden Hurst. So for this tier, do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Sleeper is Darren Waller. Breakout is Hayden Hurst. And Bust is Evan Ingram.
1: Very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. My Sleeper is Tyler Higby. My breakout is Hayden Hurst. My bust is Hunter Henry. Really? Yes. You know he's not gonna like it. He's not gonna like you saying that. No, he won't. He won't. He's my son. He's my son. I love him, but I look at the Chargers' quarterback situation. I just say to myself, "Eek!" You know, it it it, it scares me. It really does. You know, not knowing what Tyrod slash Justin Herbert is really going to what that's going to look like. So at the end of the day, Hunter Henry is just not a guy that I'm really super high on, but obviously he can achieve huge heights, but it just comes down to him being given the opportunity and having somewhat decent QB play, uh, getting him the ball. As for Tyler Higby, Tyler Higby, at the end of the season last year, put together the best tight end run I think I've ever seen. Honestly, he came out of absolute nowhere and had four straight games of 100 yards, and then week 17 had a touchdown against Arizona. But who doesn't score touchdowns against Arizona? He had double-digit targets. In every single one of those games, minus one, week 13 against Arizona, also scored a touchdown. Jared Goff loves throwing the tight ends. And I think, you know, that there's no more Brad and Cooks there. The ball's got to go somewhere. And I think it's going to go to, to Tyler Higby. Uh, to be spread out between Tyler Higby, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, So yeah. I, I like Tyler Higbee a lot, and he's shown – He's shown that he's got game. He's shown that. And Hayden Hurst is just so self-explanatory. We've talked about Hayden Hurst so many times at nauseam on this podcast that Matt Ryan Ryan makes superstar tight ends for a living. This Mm -hmm. kid is an athletic freak. The only downside with him is 27 years old, but who really cares? He's got a prime opportunity in Atlanta opposite of Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley to produce really, really solid fantasy numbers for 2020. And this is not have asked for a better situation all over. What'd you say? I said, could not have asked for a better situation. You get traded
0: to. I don't think so.
1: Honestly, I, I, I don't think so.
0: I mean the names, you know, Matt Ryan has had a hall of fame tight end, Tony Gonzalez. He's made an incredible tight end out of Austin Hooper. And he, uh, produced the magical line for Logan Paulson that one week.
1: Logan Paulson. What a guy.
0: Love him. So, yeah. Matt Ryan loves, loves the tight ends. And Hayden Hurst, is, that's why. He, he's my breakout also. And then, I don't know if Darren Waller is necessarily a sleeper. Because I think a lot of people are kind of aware of how good Darren Waller will can and will be in 2020. But just... He could definitely be in my breakout uh, category as well, just because I think he he could be moving moving further up on on the uh, rankings of the general consensus, you know, the general populace. So I I mean I expect uh, you know big things for uh, Darren Waller, and then for my bust of Evan Ingram, you know, we talked about when we were talking about the NFC East, uh, where Evan Ingram just. He cannot stay on the field for 16 games. He can't stay healthy. And I think he, even when he's on the field, he's not really going to be, like, he's not going to be the number one anymore in this Giants offense. It's going to be, Daniel Jones is going to be throwing to the outside. He's going to be throwing to Darius Slayton. He's going to be throwing to uh, Golden Tater, Stowing Shepard. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm just not crazy about uh, Evan Ingram. This year, I think people are are going to overdraft him. Also, just because it's Evan Ingram, then it's the name that people are going to draft him because of because of and not because of his actual kind of ability. And really, I think he's ranked a little high
1: in this uh, in these rankings at number six. Well, there's no doubt though. If Evan Ingram is healthy, he can push being a top five tight end just because of how good he is. But again, like you said, Adam. It's health. It's health. That's the biggest question with him.
0: Yes, it definitely is. It's just, you just can't have any confidence in him staying healthy for 16 years because he hasn't really shown that to you over over his career. And it's like, what's going to make you change your mind?
1: There really isn't much. No. No, but if you're getting him late enough where you're taking him sort of as a flyer, it's great value. I got him in one of my drafts. I got him in the, on the 11th round. No, yeah, definitely. Getting, getting,
0: getting, getting Evan Room in the 11th round is phenomenal value. I think that drafting him where he's ranked here, the ADP that comes with being this, the number six tight end.
1: Yeah, no, I can't draft him as the sixth tight end off the board. I, I, I can't do that. I agree. All
0: right, tier three. This is tiers 10 to 17. Now it gets more juicy. Yes. Uh, you have a, lot of, a lot of busts, a lot of breakouts, a lot of sleepers in this tier. We have Austin Hooper, Mike Gesicki, Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, John U. Smith, and Dallas Goddard. I think our bu- the bust for this tier is pretty easy. It's pretty self-explanatory.
1: I wouldn't say that. Really? going to try and be outside the box.
0: Okay. By
1: all means. My sleeper is TJ Hawkinson. My breakout is Noah Fant. My bust is Austin Hooper.
0: You think Austin Hooper is going to be a bust?
1: Yes, I do.
0: My sleeper is Johnnie Smith. My breakout is TJ Hawkinson. And my bust is Gronk.
1: Oh, that was an easy one another new, another yeah. new disguise of is blue you take every opportunity to bash a patriot or ex-patriot so why would this change well you're not wrong i know you're i'm not, not I, I hardly ever am um austin you know hooper know well enough austin hooper the bust is pretty simple that he's competing with two other tight ends and he's competing with two other top tier receivers For targets. And I'm not saying that Austin Hooper is going to be terrible, but to draft him as the the 10th tight end off the board, I'd rather have Mike Kosicki. I'd rather have Gronk. I would rather have TJ Hawkinson. I would rather have Noah Fant. And I think I would rather have John Smith as well. So at the end of the day, Austin Hooper is a 10th tight end off the board. I I I can't get behind that. And that's for me why he is a bust. T.J. Hawkinson, pretty simple. He was fantastic week one, and then after that he really had nothing. I really like him as a post-hype sleeper for sure. And then Noah Fant, he's in an up-and-coming offense with an up-and-coming quarterback that seems to really love throwing to tight ends, and he's going to be in a great position to produce this year for fantasy.
0: Yeah, I and then uh, for Johnny Smith, uh, you know we've talked about Johnny Smith a fair amount when we uh, talked about the AFC South, they were recorded three times. We talked about him a lot, True. how <laughs> how we really uh, have high hopes for him coming into 2020 um, with how kind of questionable the outside receiver situation is in Tennessee where uh, A.J. Brown's still injured and Corey Davis kind of fluctuates as far as uh, value. I think John Smith is going to be – Uh, one of those players that's really going to be a solid piece for the Tennessee Titans whenever they're, uh, they're throwing the ball.
1: I can, I I like that reasoning.
0: All right. Tier four, we are uh, going moving, plowing through, going right along here. Tier four is tight ends, 18 to 24. We have, Blake Jarwin, your boy, Jack Doyle, Chris Herndon, the fourth, my boy. Uh Eric Ebron, Ian Thomas, Irv Smith Jr., and Greg Olson. So do you want me to go first or do you go want me to okay. go ahead? My sleeper is Blake Jarwin. My breakout is Chris Herndon, and my bust is Jack Doyle. Interesting. So Blake Jarwin, um, I, I think you'll probably agree with me that Blake Jarwin is uh, in, in line for a pretty good season. I love him. He's a great guy. Yeah.
1: Plays for a great team as well.
0: And so he's going to be in a phenomenal offense with the, with the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, you know, Dak Prescott does like throwing tight ends. I mean, this is a situation where um, he he's able to uh, really prolong Jason Witten's career, a couple more seasons when he was with the uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, and I think that uh, Blake Jarwin is going to be in in position for a uh, solid solid year in twenty twenty. And for Chris Herndon, I mean, this is this is like complete bias, just because I I do like Chris Herndon, he could. But this is one of those situations where I could have just as easily put Chris Herndon in my bust category, just yeah. because he—it's either suspension or Health. It's injuries yeah. that can derail his career. But with how much Sam Donald uh, liked throwing to Ryan Griffin in the uh, in the latter half of uh, twenty nineteen. I mean, I see no reason to think that Chris Herndon can't get in on some of that action. And I mean, it could be a bit more interesting if Adam Gaze wants to run more two tight end sets, which which I don't think has ever happened. But
1: that's wishful uh, thinking.
0: Yeah, I don't think I literally don't think that's ever happened for yeah. in Adam Gaze's coaching career, he's ever run a two tight end set. But. um I do still like Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon has that potential that uh, it's only his like third year in the NFL and um, Chris Herndon's season was derailed in 2018. And then for a bit in a, uh, in 2019 and Chris Hernan can definitely bounce back and uh, kind of carve out a good little uh, season for himself in 2020. And then as my bust and Jack Doyle, I mean, Jack Doyle has a, uh, we were talking about this before we were uh, going on air. The Jack Doe has some uh, has had a neck issue that he's been dealing with for the past like what you said year or something like that.
1: Yeah, a couple months.
0: Yeah, and you know you never like to see uh, neck issues in football players because usually that mean that like you expect the worst. And I mean, as much as I love, as much as Philip Rivers loves to throw to uh, tight ends, as, as much as Eric Gibran is no longer in. Indianapolis. I just don't think that Jack Doyle can really stay on the field enough to be a a, a solid, reliable tight
1: end option. So my sleeper is Eric e. Braun. My breakout is Blake Jarwin, and my bust is Greg Olson. So. Eric Ebron, what I think with him is he's in an offense now where the quarterback loves throwing to the tight ends. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Eric Ebron two years ago is coming off a year where he was, he had double-digit touchdowns with another quarterback who loves throwing to tight ends. So if anything else, Eric Ebron has humongous touchdown upside And that's why I kind of like him in this range. Blake Jarwin, Adam, it's everything you just said. Uh, Dak Prescott has not had a season in Dallas where his top tight end has fewer than 90 targets. So Blake Jarwin, at the very least, should be in line for a 60-70 catch season. And that, in and of itself, should pretty much guarantee him being a top 15 tight end. And Greg Olson... The Sunset, again, it's the Larry Fitzgerald argument. He's had a great career. The Sunset is kind of setting on that career. And Will Disley also has a huge opportunity to get some snaps as well. And there'll be a competition there to see who the top tight end is in this offense. And I think Greg Olson can produce, but at a very high clip, probably not.
0: Yeah, well, uh, speaking of Tier 5, Will Disley is in Tier 5. This is the uh, backup tier of tight ends. You have a lot... Of, uh, of backups in this tier and then you have uh, some starters definitely you but it's a, a lot of this is uh, is backup territory so you have this is from tier 25 to 30 or this is from tight end 25 to 35 we have oj howard dawson knox kyle rudolph jace sternberger gerald everett jimmy graham will disley Tyler Eifert, David Njoku, Vance McDonald,
1: and Cameron Brait. Very easy tier for me. Go for it then. Uh, My sleeper is, I mean, there's not really a breakout in this tier, so I'll just give two sleepers and a bust. My two sleepers are Dawson Knox and Jay Sternberger. And my bust is Jimmy Graham. I don't think that Jimmy Graham is going to produce in Chicago. I think that that ship, for Jimmy Graham, has just sort of come and gone. As for Jay Sternberger, Aaron Rodgers needs a number two target to emerge outside of Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard is also a clear-cut candidate, but Jay Sternberger, given that he is the number one tight end in Green Bay right now, he definitely is going to be in line for a fairly healthy share of targets in that offense. And Dawson Knox, much of the same story. He's the number one tight, he's the number one tight end right now in Buffalo. Josh Allen is going to, at least you would, assume is going to be spreading out the ball a pretty decent amount. And I think Dawson Knox could be in for his fair share of targets there.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I can't really think of anybody else um, other than the uh, other than Dawson Knox and Jay Sternberger that can really be sleepers. I mean, Will Disley you can make an argument where it's going to where I think that if will but Will Disley also has had injury issues, can't stay on the field. And that's why they're in tier five of uh, of tight ends. So, yeah, I'm not too crazy about any tight ends in this tier at all. And I think I'm going to go with the same thing as you for uh, two sleepers on the bust.
1: Yeah, the, the two clear-cut ones. I also kind of like Tyler Eifert. Some of the best years of his career came with Jake Rudin in Cincinnati. Now they are reunited together in Jacksonville. And now that there's no real running game, to speak of for the uh, for the Jaguars Garter Minshew may be dropping back exactly 1.7 billion times
0: yeah and he's got to throw,
1: throw the ball to somebody
0: I think that's the under is 1.7 billion <laughs> uh, yay yay alright well thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show please find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast and the basement talk podcast, fantasy show and the basement talk podcast, quiz Votational on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and Spotify. Please give us a five-star review and let us know what you think about our uh, rankings and what we thought about this tier of tight ends next week on Tuesday. We will be previewing week one of the NFL season. It is time.
1: It's finally here. It's finally here.
0: Very excited for that. Um, Bird, I th- didn't you say that uh, you're gonna be recording the uh, the quiz potential is gonna be uh, coming up. Quiz should
1: be out next week. All right, well that's very, very exciting. The grand finale of the Basement Talk Podcast Quiz will be out next week.
0: All right, well, for my co-host Ed Burzell, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Master Show. Bye bye.